Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 149 of the Square Ball Podcast. I'm Dan Moylan. Michael Normanson's here. Hello. As is Moscow White Daniel Chapman. Hello. And how are we feeling today then, boys? Very fair? Fair to Midland? Or just fair? Incredibly fair. I've just been out uh, refereeing a, a schoolboys football match. In short, it ended in a draw. Everybody went home happy. Good stuff. Um, we are officially the fairest football team in all the land. We'll get into all that business in just a bit. A quick heads up that issue two of our fanzine was on sale for the Derby game at the weekend. Uh, sorry. Philip Cocu's Derby County game at the weekend uh, sold really, really well. You can still get your copy online or grab yourself a subscription either digital or paper via our website, which is thesquareball.net. And if you, well, depending on where you are in the world, you might have heard our sponsor message at the start of this podcast. So we've actually, after years of trying, it wasn't Yarbar's, it was Harry's. It wasn't Yarbar's. Yeah, shaving company. The letters on the Yarbar. But they've stumped up a bit of cash for us, which is nice. So thank you, Harry's. I, I tried to find, I mean, I know we should probably talk about Harry's, but I tried to find yard bars in Sainsbury's last week and I couldn't find them anywhere. I'm wondering if they might have gone bust. Harry's, however, well, you doing, won't, you doing won't, a roaring trade. Mate, you won't find them in Sainsbury's either because they're uh, not available in the shops. It's direct Well, how do I even buy them if they're not available in the shops? And I want them, whatever they are. This is disgraceful. <laughs> but by the way, if you do want to check them out, harrys.com forward slash the square ball. And we're very, very sorry about that. Again, we're not sorry. So obviously we've had uh, Fairgate. Is that what we're going to call it now? Fairgate has happened since the Derby game. However, three days on, how do we feel about the Derby game? Are we all right with it now? Because I think I feel all right about it. My frustration's kind of subsided a bit. It was frustrating, but I'm all right today. I think we're we're all right because we're still top. I'm still annoyed we didn't beat them because they're a weird set of fuckers. (laughs) What an odd bunch. There's the whole, the players, the fans, the management, the ex-management... Strange. The whole lot of them are strange. It makes a little bit more sense now that we've got this Fair Play Award because obviously we knew about that before this game because they had to get the flights out for Liam Cooper and so on. So I think we just, yeah, in the spirit of Fair Play, we just decided to give them the equaliser because a draw is the fairest result. Football was the winner that day. Chris Martin doesn't have a lot of happiness in his life, but he had that. And it was all to, uh, it was all just for the greater good of the the world. Yeah, a number of people have tweeted us saying that, that are we not uh, scoring against opponents, just to be fair? You've got to give them a chance. I mean, the thing that really has put this game into serious context for me was um, looking at Watford's expected goals score in their 8-0 defeat to Manchester City and seeing that they were actually expected to score more goals in that game than Derby were against us. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Derby did fucking score against us, which is extraordinary that a team can lose 8-0 and actually play better than Derby did in their 1-1 draw against Leeds United. The XG chart that you see kind of plots it through the minutes, doesn't it? And to see roughly where the score should be at any point during the game. And Derby only got off the bottom of the the line, off the bottom of the chart in the 90th minute when I think they were expected to score 0.2 of a goal or mm. something. And that was that and they was, scored five times that. Yeah. It is frustrating, isn't it? I mean, our initial reaction on the Matchball podcast after the game was one that they're just terrible. Do we still stand by that? Yeah. Absolutely. The ship. Yeah, I don't know why they're all so happy. They are going to get relegated if they keep playing like that. Their only hope is that Wayne Rooney comes in and just elbows Koku out of the way, takes one look at the way the team is playing and just says, right, I'm doing this. And then they get worse. If that's your only hope is Wayne Rooney might become your coach. That's not really much hope. I sincerely hope they give Wayne Rooney the job because it'll be a disaster because he is thick. <laughs> but what's, I mean... Perfect Ko- match though. Koku. Very true. Koku wears the suit of an intelligent man. So what the hell is he doing thinking, oh yeah, just pass it around at the back until he gives the ball to Leeds. Watching Richard Keogh under any circumstances is painful. But the way he keeps, he does that thing, and admittedly it worked in the playoff semi-final, but he kind of, he has the ball and he sees a gap and he kind of goes, and he leans forward and there's like, I'm going to run into that space with the ball, boots the ball like about 20 yards ahead of himself and then catches up with it. It's like a shit Pontus Janssen. And then invariably on uh, Saturday, he just gave it away. And then we have, we have an attack and we don't score. What I did think about this game was I'm prepared to take the blow of losing two points on Saturday if it sets up the narrative for the game at the very end of the season because we go to Derby I think it's the penultimate game isn't it that's when we get promoted as champions to the Premier League and consign them to relegation into League One that'd be it'd be worth uh, the heartbreak on Saturday I think that would be worth it I would take that and um, given our history of promotion parties maybe we could make some potential improvements to the to their £80 million stadium. I don't think you can. I think if they've got a food court on there and they're planning to host some events, you, what, what are you going to do to top an £80 million Superdome like Pride Park? We could potentially begin the installation of a safe standing area. Just by removing the old ones? <laughs> Correct, yeah. yeah. Just create some space ready for... <laughs> yeah, ready for the rail seats going in. <laughs> Just save them a few quid. Because if they're going down, it's, it's going to cost them quite a bit of revenue, isn't it? That being, being in League One, so any help we can give them... <laughs> I think it's very because it's very fair-minded of us. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly the sort of sort of club, the sort of fan base that we are. The only problem with this plan is that even if we do relegate them and go up to the Premier League as champions, they're such weird freaks that they will still always be going like, "Yeah, but we beat you at Elland Road in May 2019, didn't we?" Yes, but like, have you not seen all of history that has happened since then? Yeah, but we beat you that time. Ah. people will go to their graves Derby fans saying their their dying words is there something else you could have done in your in your life no we came back to beat Leeds in May 2019 I mean I'm trying made it all worthwhile I tried to uh, you lost all your money and your your family (laughs) left and now you're dying (laughs) Yeah, but when that goal went in, Frank Lampard's celebration. I've um, I've tried to draw a parallel with our own uh, experience. You know when we went to Carlisle and Johnny House and scored that last minute winner to take us to Wembley? That's the only kind of equivalent I can think of in our existence. And I still look back very fondly on that night at Carlisle, even though we went to Wembley and lost to Donny. But ultimately... It was all just a bit beneath as that whole experience, wasn't can, it? I'm never going to look back on the whole thing in a wider context fondly. No. You can look back on it fondly, 
But you're not going to, next time we play Carlisle, if they beat us, we're not going to be all like, yeah, but remember that semi-final 10 years ago? It's, you know, it's, it, we move on. We remember the, the, the happy times, but, you know. And they're forgetting when, you know, we beat them 4-3 and we were 3-0 down. Yeah, take that, Derby. <laughs> exactly. How far back do we want to go? Here's Lee Bowyer in the last minute. What do you think of that? <laughs> you, half of you weren't alive, but still, it still happened. It was, uh, speaking of Frank Lampard there, Moscow, him and Jody Morris piling in on Instagram about what that being a nice corner of the pitch at Ellen Road, this, the, uh, the southwest corner. Shouldn't they have been concentrating on the fact that Chelsea were losing and they're garbage and they're just bluffing it by playing some kids and hoping nobody gets angry at them? That's really good as well. I just want to say, just for the record, how much I'm enjoying them being shit under Frank Lampard. Yeah, shit. And weirdly, he's getting virtually no criticism. If a, Well, it's not weird, is it? If, a, if a filthy foreigner had them in 11th place with, what, have they got eight points after six games or something? They'd be getting all kinds of shit from the sun. It'd probably be back page. There'd probably be some sort of vegetable um, imposed Photoshop, upon someone. Yeah. It'd, it'd be ridiculous. But Frank, our brave Frank Lampard, but it's also British boys. But any, even then, any even threat to his job, though, will be the Derby fans will just come in with a petition. No, we've got to, everything's, we've got to worry about Frank Lampard. We're singing his name on Saturday. They'll probably, half of them are, you know, turning over to the Chelsea game on the Sunday. Going, really hope our Frank can do it. Not That's your it. Frank. Doesn't give a fuck about Derby County. Never did. No, he never, like never ever did. It, he, he left for what he considered to be a better job. It'd be like us continuing to chat about George Graham or something when he went to Spurs, being like, ah, oh, but he did some good stuff. Exactly. And he only went there in the first place to get a better job. <laughs> he was never going to be at Derby County long term. Everybody knew the day he pitched up at Derby County, I'm pretty sure the first question, because Sarri was under pressure from the first weeks of the season. So it was immediately, are you going to go for the Chelsea job? And he's like, well, yeah, I am actually. So it was just... I deserve it already. <laughs> I've been here a week. <laughs> what I was going to say before, sorry, uh, we're on the the Frank Lampard loving with the media. It's the same as uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. The media is still making excuses for him being terrible at Man United. Not English, I should add, but he's kind of, he's, he's favoured because he's one, one of them. He's got a mank accent. Yeah. He's got a weird mank hybrid. Uh, the fact that, um, it, apparently, I've seen articles saying it, it's not Ole Gunnar Solskjaer that's at fault, it's the structure that's at fault. Whatever it. the structure is there is working nicely. I'm all in favour of it, yeah. Long may that structure continue. Give him more money to spend, I say. And let's see where it gets them. <laughs> and what, what is great about it all as well is that we have Marcelo Bielsa, who has shown the value of getting a really, really good coach, if not one of the best in the world, um, because it is on coaching, and we know that, and we see it every week. So shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> But anyway, anyway back Leeds to, versus Derby. Derby yeah. <laughs> back to the, is there any more to say, really? Uh, I mean, like, let's let's look at some of the players then. Barry Douglas, is he ever going to be any good? Because I he's still question marks over him. It, it, it almost feels like, I don't know about you, he's still not got going at Leeds. I feel like he's got worse. I, I, mm. His opening games, I was quite pleased with him and he seemed quite steady at least and was putting some reasonable crosses in and I don't know, he seemed to slot in quite nicely at first and then he, he's kind of got worse. But he's been injured on and off constantly, hasn't he? That's the thing. Has he, has he ever got... I mean, like, is there an excuse on Saturday he didn't get up to the pace of the game? Because that's one of the things we said on the match, Paul, wasn't it? Like, him and Niketia and Costa, none of them really raised to the tempo of the game. Possibly, but it's a bit like that from the start and also everything we've just said about him as our left-back could equally apply to Lawrence Debock. Looked quite good for the first games. A couple of mistakes, couldn't get up to the pace of things. Been out injured, not being able to get back in. Now he's on loan at Sunderland. And he feels, there was a great, I don't know if it's just the left-back thing, somebody on the square ball forum made an absolutely brilliant line. They just said, there was a conversation going on about 
Barry Douglas and whether we needed a, a better player. He just went, this is Leeds United. We always need a better left back. <laughs> I think the Rigo apart in my lifetime, there has never been a moment where it was going up. We probably need a better left back, don't we? And it's kind of that with uh, with Douglas. Yeah, we've never really seen. He's not scored a free kick. Score a fucking free kick. Then I might <laughs> warm to you a bit more. But yeah, you're right. You're he, was, right. he was brought in for that. We thought, oh, set, he's a deadly at set yeah. pieces. Assist, assist machine, free kick machine. Not I did feel a bit yeah. sympathy. I remember last season we were talking about it, how we were constantly um, giving our deadly left-footed uh, crosser the ball on his right foot and he was having to just pass it back to click. He said, no, no, other side. But yeah, we've never really seen that that stuff. He did still, on Saturday, he did do that thing. Of, he is quite good at getting to the byline, probably a little bit better than Alioski at getting like, right up to the six-yard box with the ball. But that wasn't much good when... Um, Max Lowe was racing off into our uh, left-back position, chased by Kelvin Phillips as Douglas kind of trotted slowly behind him and he crossed and uh, Coldplay scored. So, uh, yeah, if he's not going to start, is he? Alioski forever. I mean, quickly then we'll touch on this now and we're doing a, a slightly longer uh, bit on this in the Extra Ball podcast this week. Costa and Niketia, the, the clamour for them to play. Is, is it time now for at least one of them? It, it feels like Costa for Harrison. Okay, we thought it might happen on Saturday. Doesn't it feel like it almost certainly has to happen now? I feel like for Harrison's long-term um, health, he maybe needs to get out of the team because it's reached that point where people are desperate to see him replaced and the first thing he does wrong, people will get start getting on his back now. And it would be interesting to see this. You know, we, we spent £15 million on a player. Let's have a little look at him yeah. and see if he... Like I said, he, he maybe did struggle to get into the game on Saturday, but that's because you're bringing him on halfway through. You can't always make an impact as a sub, even if you're the best player in the world. And it's what we said on the match ball as well about now the clamour has got so great and the pressure behind it has got so great that we almost need to put them in, Costa and Niketia, to see what we had before and to see if it's any good. Just just, just to see, so we can all go, oh, okay, right, that works or that doesn't work or whatever. Yeah, you know? Put it back. Yeah. <laughs> put it back. I mean, we signed them to play. Um, I think the same probably, I mean, if you leave aside the, the clamour um, on... Bamford is even just looking at the way he's playing. I wonder if a couple of games in the under twenty threes might just like just go in there and bang the ball in the net. Just reset. If you actually can. Mm. Um and and just chill and and let Enketia who the lovely thing about Enketia compared to Bamford is not necessarily about who's a better player or who's better in the team, is he just plays as if he doesn't have a care in the world. I was gonna say freedom. Yeah, he plays yeah. With freedom, doesn't he? Yeah. And with there's a lot of kind of uh Leeds became very laboured in the second half of this game where everything's bearing down on them and everybody knows that Derby are going to equalise. It's just a matter of when, not if. And um, and Ketty was the one player who kind of, he just runs about and then tries to score. And he's, it's absolutely fine. I don't think he gets affected too much by all that stuff. So yeah, somebody who is um, who is not beaten down by the pressure of being part of this terrible, terrible Leeds United team. <laughs> Top of the league. Exactly. And on over two points per game. Somebody needs a break from the horror. So get get Bamford out of this. He's just it's too it's too much for him. Quick note on the opposition again, Philip Cock, who's anyway went full Steve uh, Steve Cooper, didn't he, saying that he went for that result. I mean it's like, come on, you can't pretend that you set off at the start of that game thinking, we'll just do this and be terrible for the vast, vast majority of it and then plan to steal an injury time equaliser. I mean it has been pointed out that this is a it is now a strategy that does work, but long term, it is not something you can plan for. It's, is it? a, it's a high stakes bet, isn't it? Waiting until the ninety second minute. Yeah, As Calvin Phillips said he's never seen matches click miss a penalty in training. So I, I refuse to believe that Philip Cocky, when we got that penalty, was like, right, exactly as we planned it. He misses, we score. That's not 
that not did, part of the deal. But not immediately. That did seem to be part of his argument, saying we just need, I knew we just needed to stay in the game. Like, but you stayed in the game in, in a way that was nothing to do with anything you did. You stayed in the game because a man kicked a ball the wrong side of a post. That's not, that's not something you can affect. Maybe so they, maybe they plan to score twice. Whatever, whatever they were behind by, they were going to equalise that money. We could have been 4 nil up as we should have been. It's like, nope, last five minutes, we're going to bang in four. It'll all come good. Yeah. Um, we are still top. And I think that's the uh, perhaps the comfort from the weekend is that we didn't lose the top spot. And actually, again, we have to remind ourselves this division, everybody takes points off everybody else. And it's just about... Yeah, dropping the fewest points. But it's kept Koku in a job for a bit longer. They're terrible, so they're going to go down, which is fine. At this rate, we're going to be on for 97 points, readjusted down from our 105 uh, last week. So we are on 2.125 points per game. That'd be fine if we did that. That would be fine. Over a season. Do you think we can go through the whole season without winning at Elland Road and still be champions? Probably. I mean, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? (laughs) A quick update on the injuries from this game then. Adam Forshaw still not fit. I, I'm starting to think we're missing him now after everything that has been said in the past. What's wrong with him? Beard injury. He was first of what all... What he needs is some new razors. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we've we've not quite told the truth about this. It's one of these where they've gone, like, oh yeah, he'll be fit. He'll be, he might be fit for that game. Yeah. Definitely the next game. Still no sign of him. And that's what worries me a little bit about Pablo Hernandez because in the... Uh, he went off with a, a knock and in the post-match he said, is, is Pablo Hernandez okay? And Bielsa just went, he's okay. Mm. So I think, yeah, out for the season. I mean, again, something we're going to expand on in the match ball this week is a question about Pablo Hernandez and, and whether he's uh, in a bit of trouble this year. Do you think he's maybe gone off the boil a little bit? Is that, Do you think maybe there's something else going on there? You never know. I think he's just a bit of an, old, an older player. Can't run necessarily. Can't always be the best player in the team, which he's, we've kind of got used to him being. Yeah, we can't look for, I mean... Every player is not going to play at 100% of their ability in, in every game. Pablo is going to have a few sixes and sevens. And that's maybe where we talk about Costa coming on for Harrison. If it is an enforced change in the next one, if it's Costa for Hernandez, that'll be interesting because he was brought in. He was supposed to be the player who would take the creative burden off Hernandez. So let's, let's put it all on his out. shoulders. Put it yeah. entirely on his shoulders. That's only Charlton. He'll be fine. Well, and Tyler Roberts is another option as well. He might come in at number 10. Good to see him on the way back. Luke Hayling, another under-23s match on Friday. And finally, Union OK, and we were wondering whether he uh, he still existed. He does. And Josh, uh, the rather sinister bastard, photographed him buying cupcakes in Harrogate last week. I missed this picture. How's is, he looking? Is he fat-shaming him? Uh, he didn't there was no waist down shot because he kind of got him from behind a counter so mainly the beard was in shot how's the, his um, hair because last time I saw him was at Thorpe Arch and he was limping around still at the end of last season and he'd grown his hair out like a big spin doctor's not with the dreads but it was it was a big it was yeah. a big ginger mess basically well, a reference there for the kids again <laughs> spin doctors google him kids google him but his hair was fine Moscow all right, his hair was fine. Thank you. We touched on the extra ball there. This week, we're going to be re-watching the Viduka 4-3 game against Liverpool, which was a glorious day in the history of Leeds United. Lunched A pre-lunchtime kickoff. that one by Sky, wasn't it? 11.30 that. It was on Saturday the 4th of November 2000. They've been fucking about for that long with kickoff times. <laughs> Ruining up. But 11.30, I mean, never mind. 11.30 is perversely early. You don't get those anymore, do you? That's yeah. cruel. Was there a reason for it? We've not actually researched that part, have we? <laughs> Why were we kicking off at 11.30 in the morning? Scousers. Dangerous. Mark is a, a sporting god in Australia. And now in West Yorkshire. Here he is again. It's Viduka. It's four. 
because of Mark Viduka. Leeds United lead against Liverpool for the first time today. If you're already an Extra Ball subscriber, then check that one out this week. And thanks for supporting us and getting behind us. And if you want to get behind us, do that. Subscribe to the Extra Ball. It's £2.99 a month and your first month is free. Check it out. Try it out for size. See if you like it. Bonus content every week. And the more people that get behind us as well, the more that we can do. Everything you need is at the squareball.net forward slash the Extra Ball. Well, back to the news that everyone's been talking about across the last 24 hours. We are now officially the fairest team in the world, the FIFA Fair Play Award winners for 2019. It's good to finally be recognised. Because uh, are we close to keeping this? Because Lucas Radaby won it in his own right one. So if we get a third one, do we get to keep it forever, like the World Cup? Uh, it was pointed out to us on Twitter that uh, people have won this in the past for saving lives, like giving blood and you know not playing in order to give blood to, for like somebody who needed it for like leukaemia uh, treatment, stuff like that. And we've yeah. got it for letting in a goal against Aston Villa. In a meaningless game. But Bielsa really, in... He deserves it for more than this. He's saved a whole city, I, I like to think of it. He's, mm. he's done so much for Leeds. Leeds has become a, full of nicer people since Bielsa turned up with his philosophical uh, ramblings in press conferences. That's what we can celebrate. It's important to remember, though, just for the the, the story around this, that it is, it is exclusively for the goal uh, we let Aston Villa score. Because if we start to open it out to what a beautiful effect that uh, Marcelo Bielsa has, has had on the city and us, that takes some of the the concentration off Dean Smith and John Terry texting each other last night going, have you fucking seen? Have you fucking seen? They've given them what? They Right, Frank. Frank, have you seen what's happened? Mel Morris. Fucking, oh, it's everybody. Who else? Jim White getting angry. Was it who was all the people who were laughing on, on Five Live? Mark Chapman and um, Chris I, Ian Wright defended us because he's a Leeds fan now, isn't he? Because of Nicatia. He is. There was another guy there, I don't know who he is, but he was laughing too. So those so Chris Sutton, Mark Chapman and that other prick. Matt Letissier was uh, yeah. giving it large last night as well. Oh, and that um that fucker who who doesn't play for Derby County but they pay his wages. What's he called? Mason Bennett. Him. Yeah, he was uh giving it plenty of Derek Delarge on uh, on Twitter last night. Everybody was, even down to the, the Derby County fans comparing it to Hitler getting an award. I mean, proportionate it's, quite, um, it's quite an early move to bring Godwin's law into it this soon, isn't it? I mean, Philip Koku could quite easily dress up as Hitler. He's got the hair. Just saying he's just a small tash away. Small tash, a bit of a sweep. I don't imagine there's a big market really for the Hitler lookalike these days. Well, that, the times are changing. It's the way we're going, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. It's... Sadly, yeah, sadly. How have we got from a FIFA Fair Play Award to <laughs> Philip Koku in fancy dresses and Adolf Na- Hitler? In Nazi regalia. Can we just go back to the fact that we are the most sporting, fairest and most equitable, kindest team in all of world football? Yeah. We Not should even pro- Europe. We sh- in the spirit of that, we should probably say that we've got no evidence that Philip Koku is a Nazi as far as we're aware. <laughs> Not as far as we're aware, but we've already talked about the, the belief systems at play in, uh, in Derby. Strange place. Who knows what's going on there? Not us. That's. I think that's all we know. Not us. I'd, I would like to see Liam Cooper getting. If he could have a little picture of the trophy put on his captain's armband that he can just tap when speaking to referees, <laughs> just be like, remember the. Uh, just take the trophy on when he says that's definitely a penalty referee. Just go carry the trophy. If you put the trophy just mm. on, like maybe in the back of the net by the post or whatever, just run over. Go grab it out from back of Kiko's net. And say, look, ref, this gives me. Free- Are you sure, you referee? I did not pull his shirt. And would a man who has this? Would a man who has this lie to you? I don't think he would. Among all the, the weirdness of this, the, the video and the photographs of of Liam Cooper standing on stage in a tuxedo 
like Leeds United's very own Phoebe Waller-Bridge <laughs> speaking to a, an audience of who's there, fucking <laughs> Messi, Mbappe, Mourinho, the, the, the world of football, all the, the great and the good. Um, I don't think John Terry was there. Conor Horahan was there, wasn't he? For some unknown reason. It looked like him. Or was it just a lookalike? I'm not sure. <laughs> was it a good Photoshop, maybe? I don't know. Maybe so. Oh, okay. But the great and the good were all there and all there watching Liam Cooper making a speech well, <laughs> to FIFA. Uh, Marcelo Compier, uh So is He's Scottish. Else. Oh, there. So, uh, <laughs> all right, we lad. So uh, here's somebody else to... Uh, deliver something in a philosophical broken English and there was the other guy with him who I'd never seen before that's the one I'm on about because <laughs> <laughs> somebody did say to us why didn't we send the person who was peering through the fence you know just for lols uh, but maybe that was him we don't know for sure that it wasn't or send Klitsch because we've seen the mischief he gets up to <laughs> he'd, sh- he'd be sure to- he'd probably do some sort of um, he'd have done the goggles he'd have done the goggles for sure and he'd have also done some some sort of stunt against FIFA's uh, corruption as well he'd have thrown some money at Set Blatter or something even though he's not there Who's there? Infantino, is he there now? And Marcelo gave a slightly perplexing speech that had Mourinho looking slightly confused. Did you see the cutaway to him in the audience? What, what is what is he getting at? Yes, he he was... Um, well, this is quite a... It's a noble way to live. This is good. When choosing how to act, the most difficult thing is not to distinguish between right and wrong, but to accept the consequences of doing what corresponds to either right or wrong. There are the immediate effects. The important thing is to consider how we will feel when time passes and review our behaviour. And then he basically says that because there was no time to really sit down and have a a long consideration and discussion about all this, um, he wants to give credit to his mum, who always taught him what was right and what was wrong, and Newell's old boys of Rosario, who he has to thank whatever he does, probably whenever he's in Morrison's. Are you paying by uh, cash or or cards? Well, Thanks to Newell's old boys of Rosario, I'm able to access uh, considerable bank accounts in Argentina. So it will be uh, it will be card. Uh, so that's very nice. Uh, we are officially the fairest football team in the whole wide world. Do we get to keep that for a year? I think so. And it's worth as well that um, Marcelo Bielsa did actually accept it basically on behalf of the poor people of the world when he was talking about uh, how football is involved in the moulding of some aspects of public morals, um, especially the lives of of people who have less or are the weakest. It is not convenient to comment on realities that you imagine but do not live. However, I think most of the people, those who have less, choose to do the right thing in their lives. With great effort, they remain worthy and live in decency. The recognition that FIFA gives leads today includes those people, the poorer people of the world, because it rewards the same behaviour that they anonymously live every day. So Marcelo Bielsa accepted the award for letting Aston Villa score on behalf of every poor person in the world who lives with decency and honesty. Please, can we keep him? Can we keep him just forever? Whatever we need to do to keep him. We, need, we really need to get that part of the message as well to fucking Jim White, because it's like, he's accepted it for who? <laughs> It's, yeah. Poor people, I see them sometimes on the way to the studio. Because to to explode it from it being, yeah, Jim, Leeds United have not won this award. All the downtrodden of the world have won this award. (laughs) And it feels like we need Marcelo to make such a grand proclamation as well. Only he could do it. I mean, his press conference this week is going to be spectacular, isn't it? (laughs) Unless he just, he just blanks it. I wouldn't be surprised if he'll either blank it and just say, Liam accepted the award. There's nothing more to say, or that we're going to get an absolute lecture. 
And it was nice to see from Salim Lamrani again, he posted a beautiful picture of himself and his rippling biceps uh, sat in what looked like a private jet. He's, he's a fine-looking fellow, isn't he? Needs the space, doesn't he? He's, yeah. a, he's a girthy man. Can't be, can't be on those little poxy Ryanair seats. Did you see the interesting bit in Phil Hayes' question and answer on The Athletic and Phil suggested maybe he got a little bit too involved with the coaching side of things at Thorpe Arch? Just sticking more weights on when the players are doing the <laughs> sessions. Come on, Pat, fuck me. You can do more than that. He, he speaks like that, does Lamar. Yeah. He often says things like that. <laughs> Broad Ponty. Another 40 kilos. Get it get it banged down. Get it on you, soft bastard. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he might have uh, kind of overstepped his his boundaries as the multilingual sidekick. He didn't seem to be leaving much time for them to actually train with the book clubs and the soup kitchens and the uh, going around the, the streets handing out warm clothing with all the players. It's like at some point they do actually need to go go and train. It's like, no, no, we're, we're, we're reading Das Kapital this morning. You forget, don't you, as well, that um, Bielsa followed Heckingbottom, who's not having a great time of it in Scotland either because they ain't doing great, Hibs. Bielsa didn't only follow Heckingbottom, he was recommended by Heckingbottom. Oh, it's important it. to, yeah. to remember this, that, uh, that he told Victor Orta all about this uh, this incredible new coach. It's gonna, who's he, who are Hibs going to get next? Then maybe this Pep fella, I've heard of him. Because they are, what, their second bottom, aren't they, in the SPL, those two? Uh, yeah. Minus 15 goal difference. Celtic up next. They just lost the Edinburgh derby. And it's very, you can imagine uh, hecking bottom. Like, if you remember his press conferences, you can picture, as he says this, the shrugs and the, the scratching of the nose. It was always his big tail that he's lying. Been going like, have I got the confidence that I can turn it around? Yeah, no problem. I've got confidence. There's no hiding place from what's going on. And yeah, he's going to have to go and hide in the shed with a kestrel. That's his only option. There's no coming back from this. Hey, imminence, a word that we never used to like hearing before in the terms of, of takeovers at Ellen Road. However, new contracts for Cleek and Ailing are now imminent. Would you like to see them both resign? Nah, one's injured, one can't take penalties. Yeah, let them leave. Sooner they're gone, the better, really. Ailing's not even going to get in the team, is he? Not with the Cookstown Cafu at fullback these days. No, and so I know Clicks played every game, but he doesn't have to play someone else. He also did say that Ayling can play anywhere as well, didn't he? So play him somewhere else. Number 10. Could solve the striker crisis. Pat, you're not playing on Saturday. Luke, is it <laughs> Bill? Bill, you're up. Uh, who's this Ute that we've been linked with? Uh, is the transfer window not closed? Well, we've uh, Coventry's 19 year old fullback, Sam McCallum who I know nothing about. But um, other than the signing from Hearn Bay, he was where he was playing a year ago, but he seems to be doing well there. He'd probably go scum if we don't sign him, so we might as well get him. Unless he's terrible, in which case, scum, bid away. <laughs> Worth 100 million of your budget, for sure. Um, and the other person we've signed is um, a football manager, Regen, <laughs> who's a 16-year-old Australian goalkeeper called Cooper Scary. That's a wonderful name. Not a real name, is it? Not a real person, as far as I can tell. It's a real character from Home and Away, surely. <laughs> I was just thinking that. I was just thinking that, yeah. Goes down the uh, the clubhouse on the... The surf so, club. That's the one, whatever it is. The Flyman Galar. Yeah, I am. I hope he's not a dag. Uh, we should probably move on. Uh, <laughs> speaking of the academy, Matthew Murray move looks like it is now in its early stages anyway. Uh, again, we'll be talking more about that one on, on the extra ball. Um, so, in short then, for anybody who's kind of not fully engaged with this... Where are we at and what's the deal? Leeds City Council have agreed in principle that they can sell the old Matthew Murray school site for the purpose of building an academy and training ground for Leeds United. So, and that that 
is the first step in triggering a process. Leads can now go and they have permission to survey the site and check that their plans are going to work and monitor all the contamination that may or may not be there, all that kind of stuff. Um, and they've got a year to do that, and then they've got another year to put in and gain approval for a planning application. None of those things necessarily will take a year. You know, that's those are the kind of the time limits the council have gone. If you don't do it by this point, no sale. And it needed that because it was in the, well, it still is actually in the, the local plan, Holbeck neighbourhood plan. The local people wanted houses and open space on there. So Leeds United are kind of going in and saying, fuck what the people of Holbeck want. We want to build um, an academy here. And that's still something that kind of needs to be ironed out with the, the locals around there. So that's all part of the process that now is going on. The council have said, yeah, we can sell it to them. That's fine. Now all these things have got to happen for that to happen. Thank you for that uh, very good summary, Moscow. Uh, just if you're not familiar, the Matthew Murray site, which we're referring to, if you're not familiar with the layout of Leeds, it's the other side, like diagonally opposite the motorway junction where Ellen Road is, basically, isn't it? Yeah, if you cross the roundabout on foot, which I don't advise, yeah, it's it's behind there. It used to be a, a school, so it's right up against... Um, it's between the some uh, end terraces that kind of chop off halfway where the school used to be, and then the other side is the, um, the M621 motorway. I once played school football against Matthew Murray on the pitches there in sight of Ellen Road, which is now, given that Leeds United are likely to move in there in the coming years, is the closest I will get to ever uh, having played for Leeds United. There's also the um, the addition of pitches on the Fullerton Park site behind the West Stand as well. That's part of the PFA Park Life scheme. And they've shown there is a plan. Well, now um, you see you've triggered the song off in my head. <laughs> there is a plan floating around that shows the uh, habitual layout of consequent yeah. except I can't think off the top of my head of a blur lyric because I'm not Damon Albarn and I could do I could just be like the bass player and bang on about cheese or the drummer and helicopters mm. or I could stick to the pitches and there is a layout plan that shows some five side and uh, a community building and it'll be it's um, that's supposed to be as well as being used by Leeds United to be open to people to go and use the pitches local schools local residents except uh, on Wednesdays go and play well, yeah, and then if they're going to park a load of... Um, oh, I see, that was a... That yeah, it's a flow reference. reference. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I've interrupted your flow there, so go ahead. Um, they're going to put some pitches and shit on the car park, cool. so the away coaches have to go somewhere else. Have we done um, an air quality study around there? Because, it, I don't know, it feels like not a great place to be breathing. <laughs> <laughs> right, next to a, right next to a big car park, a motorway. I don't wish to pour water on what you're saying there, but we've been playing there for fucking years. I know, but like... Ellen Rose, you're only there. You're only there a little bit, aren't you? Hour and a half, you're out of there. There is a theory, I mean, I'm not a traffic management or uh, air emissions specialist, but I think there's a reason why the most polluted street in Britain is Neville Street underneath the station because the traffic's just parked there, pumping out exhaust fumes, whereas the M621, it's just kind of going past keeps moving so it, it's it's not as yeah, we're bad just but pumping it out into Holbeck <laughs> so I'm just, it all has to go somewhere I'm concerned that we're going to sign up the finest footballers in young footballers in the country and turn them all into asthmatic wrecks by the time they're actually ready to turn professional I mean I, I did a bit of geography at university I'm just going to say put some trees in it'll be right that sounds like a plan I mean the other option the, the hard deadline is that we've got to be out of Thorpe Arch by 2027 when the uh, the lease runs out so it could all just be electric cars by then so it'll be fine all the emissions are pumped up back to the power stations. So Greta Thunberg on a, in a hamster wheel. 
overpowering everything. And while we're boiling people's piss, a quick word for the Burley Banksy, Andy McVeigh, who has now been officially commissioned by the club to repaint the junction boxes around Ellen Road with approval from Virgin Media, which is nice. So um, they went and got a photograph with Bielsa and Click. So it seems like we've got a happy ending. And it's good now, so because now it's all definitely above board. If anyone does paint over it, they're presumably breaking the law because they're breaking, they're painting over something which is meant to be there. They're certainly officially twats, whereas before they were just kind of morally twats. Mm. Now I think there's some kind of, yeah, there's a proper sanction. And um, I hope that they spent uh, their time after that news furiously sending anonymous emails that are no longer being printed because the YEP have wised up and, um, and their faces going very Dean Smith, John Terry. To return to one of our long-standing features, if you want to follow the whereabouts of the blasphemy baton, follow at Mason Cooper 4, that's Ross Chaplin on Twitter. Olympiacos clawed back a draw against Spurs just when it looked like it was on its way back to these shores in the Champions League game. They have since drawn away at Panathinaikos. So maybe in the other Champions League games, it may go somewhere else, different country. Who else are they in, in that group? Let's not look, I don't care. Just, just follow <laughs> I me. care, it's actually no. becoming quite exciting now. I no. mean, the, the, the comeback against Spurs was a was a moderate thrill. I I did notice, I think... Um, Look on the Twitter.com website, at Mason Cooper 4, everything you need's on there. Well, please. I think I think Ross did actually forget about the Panathinaikos game, didn't Which he? Which shows how important this feature is. Please just direct <laughs> people to him. I don't care anymore. Care about the booze baton which span off from the above. Eden J. Harris, our mate Garden, determines the whereabouts of our end-of-season promotion party, which is definitely happening because we're getting promoted. Can't we have it in Greece? We may. You never know. You never know how the, the fates will we fall. We combine the two. So principle being this, the start uh, destination at the start of the season was Leeds. Stoke knocked us out of the cup, so it you know passes on through through victory. They lost to Birmingham. Birmingham lost to Preston. So right now we're going to one of the best bus stations in the country. <laughs> That's in true. It is a beautiful, that bus brutalist station. building, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah. It's excellent. So what awaits us in Preston if they manage to go undefeated between now and the end of the season? That's that's the question. I mean, I, I imagine a night out in Preston is going to be uh, something to tell the grandkids about. Well, the lowest rated is a thing called Switch, which in one bizarre review just says Beats going to a food bank. Which I, didn't, I didn't think the two were interchangeable, really. But yeah, I mean, Pumpy, uh, Pumpy Mondays, which sounds like a stink, to be honest. Um, it's three for one of drinks on a, on a Monday, on a Pumpy Monday. And you also get Urban Tunes, which I think will be, will be ideal for us. Perfect. I mean, I can imagine a thousand Leeds fans turning up to uh, Pompey Mondays. That'd be good. They might be better going to Hogarts. It actually sounds like they've already been to Hogarts. Awful place with cheap alcohol and full of idiots. I'm not sure this isn't just a review of Deepdale's away end. Toilets are smelly. I don't want to ever go in this place again. The toilets are a disgrace. Half out of order, a quarter of the sink's broken, all soap dispensers smashed, and enough dust on the ornate mirror. I mean, ornate mirrors. Uh, but Sounds fancy. Enough dust on them to give someone an asthma attack. And, of course, no loo roll. This is the usual standard in here, not just a one-off. I mean, they must have seen the usual standard. They keep going. Hey, well, Michael, if, if that uh, you're our resident um, air expert, is dust on a mirror going to give somebody an asthma attack? I think it's better than diesel fumes. That's my that's my instinct on it, anyway. I think I might prefer to suck diesel fumes than go to this nightclub. Oh, the dust in a nightclub toilet could be a mixture of various things. Have a, have a sniff of it, you never know what it might be. What do you think about um, our other option seems to be Evoque nightclub? Ev- I think it's Evoque, Moscow. It, <laughs> this is what I found on... Um, <laughs> he, just, he just paints quite it a picture. It could mean evocative, I don't know, short yeah. for that. Yeah, but nightclubs, they do it. Evoque, you know. Evoque. <laughs> I found this on... Um, on TripAdvisor, this review, the headline of it was Ruined Hendu, um, but it, they just paint such a lovely picture through that um, a group of us went to Evoque, <laughs> Evoque, to celebrate my mother's Hendu. 
My mum and auntie put a purse behind the bar left in the toilets and the girl who it belonged to kicked off saying my mum and auntie stole the purse. After this argument, two male bouncers dragged my mum and auntie across the club <laughs> after my auntie refused to get body searched. <laughs> it really kicks off. Now. Sorry, sorry. Refused to get body searched by a male bouncer. By a male bouncer because she had nothing on her and was scared. My mum had a strapless dress on and was fully exposed. Jesus. Uh, this, is, this is assault, isn't it? This yeah. is not good. I'm just picturing like there's basically a middle-aged woman with a pots out being dragged across the dance floor. It sounds it sounds like an amazing place to go. Um, anyway, they threw us out into the back alley and they spent not even an hour in the booth that they paid £100 for. My mum is covered in carpet burns <laughs> and my auntie is covered in bruises. So mm. we're going there. I think that's the one that wins for me. A, a night out in Evoque. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. He's here. He's there. He wears no underwear. Lee Boyer, Lee Boyer, but will he be going commando at the weekend? That's exciting, isn't it? A re- reunited with Lee Boyer. I hope somebody asks him that in the uh, post-match press conference. Lee, Phil Hay from the Athletic. <laughs> Were you wearing pants today? I miss Lee Bowyer. I've only realised since watching that Liverpool game for the extra ball. He was great. He was a right shithouse. Such a such a nasty piece of work. He was great to watch. <laughs> but yeah, his Charlton side aren't very good, are they? They've had a good start. He's done very well there. But they've got Jason Pearce playing for him. You would hope even, you know, a, a misfiring Patrick Bamford can score past, what is he now, 31, is he, Jason Pearce? Yeah, Jason Pearce is apparently 31. Um, I'm surprised he's that young. It all seems so long ago, doesn't it? But he was actually, I mean, when he came to Leeds, he was sort of like he was a, a promising up-and-coming youngster. But I mean, fucking Scott Wotton was a promising up-and-coming youngster. It would be signed with UEFA Cup experience from Scum. And now, well, it's funny how things turn out, isn't it? What are we hoping for from the Charlton match? Three points? At least. I mean, I think that's probably the most we can hope for. Do we get a fair play bonus? We should. I think maybe we should. We should advocate for that. We should get an extra point per game or something. It's like a, a little multiplier on everything we get. We maybe gonna, I, we should XG from now on is we it actually counts for us. It's not how many we score. It's how many we expected to score. Yeah, like sort of bonus points for attacking play. I agree completely. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. On board with that. So now we've fixed football. Are we going to actually win a game under the conventional rules on Saturday? I fancy us to win this. I fancy us to bounce back from our disappointment and uh, bring the three points back from London. Pat Bamford hat trick. We score hat tricks at. Charlton. And that's what it'll do. It'll buy him that sort of four or five weeks of good grace until his next goal. Because <laughs> he does, he scores in fits and starts, doesn't he? Well, he scores away. 
and this is a way, so that will help. And the other thing that will help is they they play two up front by the looks of things. They've got Lyle Taylor and Jonathan Lico, and they're at home, so should be attacking us. So it's got everything kind of... So they're not going to do just a Swansea derby shithouse to the last minute. Have you not seen whoscored.com's strengths, finishing scoring chances? Yeah. So that's got 1-0 defeat written all over it. I mean, they've got to get some scoring chances, although their other strength is uh, creating chances through individual skill and attacking down the wings, but it depends which wing, Alioski or Dallas, who's going to sort them out. And they've got loads of weaknesses. They can't keep the ball. They're weak at stopping opponents from creating chances to our XG or be through the roof. They're bad at defending hey, against... XG through the roof, 1-0 defeat. <laughs> <laughs> They're bad at defending against long shots, defending against skillful players. Um, so Jack Harrison should have a field day and they're bad at defending set pieces. So again, uh, Barry Douglas should start and uh, all our uh, all our strongest assets coming to the fore in this one. Score predictions, what do you reckon? I'm, I'm feeling this is where we get with the 3-0, I think. 3-1. Like Bristol, a bit like Bristol was, yeah. We'll let them have one, because we're fair. We'll maybe let them score first. Yeah, that's the sort of thing that we do, isn't it? Just to heighten the pressure on ourselves after Derby. Yeah. I want to say 4-1, but I think the Bowyer factor creates a little bit more. Did Calvin Phillips' comments on Lee Bowyer were quite amusing. He said, because he'd seen him, because uh, he grew up as a Leeds fan, Bowyer being his man- manager, he said, yeah, it's a bit weird to be fair. I've seen him a couple of times where he's scrapping and that. <laughs> so it'll be good to actually see him in person. I don't know if that means he's got CCTV footage from Mill Hill that that needed to be entered into the, uh, need to reopen the investigation. Well, I've, got, I've got one eye on Evoque nightclub in, uh, <laughs> in Preston here. If we, if we could reopen that investigation, it'd actually be quite good for us in the championship because it'd get two of the managers into a court every day of the week I think if anyone's got any fresh evidence that they could bring up now maybe they were holding on to it when they were Leeds players and they didn't want to didn't want to scupper our Champions League run but now dig it out dig it out of your loft on um, Calvin Phillips also has some great things to say about Charlton's <laughs> style of play he says uh, they're a surprising team their play is very effective like you've seen so far this season they've done very well and maybe they will be able to carry on and maybe they won't. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to them. It's the kind of high-level analysis that we thrive on. But to be, I think <laughs> this is like minutes after he'd been arguing with that fan at the end of the Derby game. So I think he's he's got through this interview just like, yeah. It's <laughs> on adrenaline. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've seen him. Great. Yeah. And Charlton. Well, yeah, they might keep going. Up to them. Might not. Can I go now? So I think we're going to use this phrase quite often this season we're better than them and should win yes we are but will we I, yes. keep, I keep returning to this and I'm just trying to pin you down on where, where you think this will go yeah we'll win yes we are going to win we're going to win I'm going to go with 4-1 I've just got a 4-1 feeling about this so let's go with it you're going 3-1 Michael yep and I'm going to this as well oh of course you are this is when you're getting on the lash aren't you early doors yeah it's been a while it's been so, a long time can we get you on the phone then on the match ball can have a go <laughs> I might get the score wrong, but you know, I'll have been there, so I can I can maybe report on other aspects. Well, this is good. You managed to get some time off for good behaviour. Indeed, your bit of freedom for this season, is it? Yeah, be like the old days. Get myself down there. So yeah, I'll be looking forward to it. Try not to get arrested. I'm I'm well behaved. That's added a whole new thrilling dimension to it because I want to hear from you during that game. During the game, yeah, yeah. Just tell me how much you're enjoying it. What a lot oh, during the day, I'll be fine. Okay, I'll, I'll give you some updates just so I can imagine what it's like to have fun again in my life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I'm going to go for the the 3-0, I think. So we're all predicting a, a nice, handsome away, because we're dead good away from home. Maybe this is where Pablo comes good again. We're unbeatable. Unbeatable. I think we could go, it's going to be win every game. It's the opposite of the old uh, 
get to it home and one away. That'll do. Um, flip it, reverse it. It'll be a Missy Elliott season. Do everything backwards. Heroes and villains. Now they're the people who have improved or hindered our lives a little bit across the last seven days. We'll start with the Ken Bates Villainy Award, somebody who's made our life a wee bit miserable over the last week. Who have we got nominations-wise? Well, Ken gets the first one, obviously, doesn't he? Because it's, uh, it's his award. Can't win it, but what's he getting nominated for this time? I've, I've once again been into Google News search to see what he's been up to. And he's now um, a councilman in Wyoming, a town called Casper. He gets about, doesn't he? He does. Well, That's just Michael. Burned him from the town. So, <laughs> so this time he's nominated for his cavalier approach to health and safety because in Casper, Wyoming, an unlicensed, unlicensed um, is it an arborist? Arborist? Someone who cuts trees anyway, mm. um, has died. And so the city staff proposed creating new rules around licensing and insurance as a result. Um, and Councilman Ken Bates is not for it. And nicely, the vice mayor is called um, Sean Johnson. So as <laughs> Ken and Sean. So it's Ken and Sean again. So as Sean brought up, this was one incident. Such incidents <laughs> may be rare. And the, the, the proposal may be unneeded. So <laughs> Ken... <laughs> Ken do that too well. So Ken doesn't mind if people chop their face off with a chainsaw. He's not taking his teeth with him to Wyoming. <laughs> well, the sounds of it was. Why don't they just chop all the trees down? Problem solved. Don't need any arborists then. They can take their, their sorry injured limbs elsewhere. Well, the clock's ticking and we've got some uh, some shade to throw. So let's get through this list. Keo's got to be in there for just being Richard Keo. I mean, this, yeah, it, it's all, we can rattle through these. So there's Richard Keo. If we have uh, Richard Keo took his face off with a chainsaw, would improve it. <laughs> <laughs> there's... Richard, have you done something different with your hair? <laughs> no, I've, got, no. I've got no skin on my face. <laughs> ah. <laughs> oh, there's no nose, I see. What, what do you think he's going to look like when he's an old man? Is he not an old man now? Well, an older man. <laughs> there's a terrifying future in prospect. What's he getting nominated for, just being him? Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's a lot of this. With Frank Lampard and Jody Morris, They, I mean, we know why, don't we? Derby in general, just like, because the day before the game, they put out that really whinging statement about saying that the EFL can't investigate their ground sale because they've already said it's all right. So you can't look at it again. You said it was fine. And if Middlesbrough want to sue the EFL, that's up to them. Yeah, and it's just, the whole club just needs to, all the weird fans, Philip Koku pretending that he did this deliberately, Mason Bennett, did he even play in the, has he played against us? He doesn't even play for Derby. He's just there, like a cheerleader on Twitter. Everything about them just seems Calling to be... himself Bizzle. I mean, that's that's the sign of a prick, isn't it? <laughs> it really is. He's a grown-up. Stop calling yourself Bizzle. Mason, I won't answer to that. Call me Bizzle. Mason's a good name. If I was called Mason, I'd insist on it. I'd be proud of it. I wouldn't be hiding behind Bizzle. 23 years old, calling himself Bizzle. It's worth his, his uh, squad number. He's put his squad number in his Twitter handle as well. as Mason Bennett 20. Not the number of a first team player, is it, Mason? Twenty three is a is a. You've got to adjust for footballers' age, though. You've got to take at least five or six years off, haven't you? Yeah, that's Fairness. true. Yeah. So all of so yeah, Derby. I and I once got uh, trapped on Derby's inner ring road for hours as well. So the whole place, town planners of Derby. Yeah, them. Uh, somebody I know has a, a recording studio there. They got broken into. So the thieves of Derby as well. <laughs> The thieves of Derby. For stealing the music. Yes. <laughs> so all of that all gets thrown in together. Have we already said Philip Koku? He got mentioned, yeah, um, just for lying. 
pretending that you, yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's what I said all along was going to happen. Had the players together yesterday and said, yeah, that's what we do. We'll be shit for 89 minutes. Uh, Jack Marriott, you're just going to stand and moan, do that. We'll just pass the ball to lead to every opportunity. And then in uh, the last minute, maybe Chris Martin, you can score. We had a nomination from Jason, who's in Ireland. Uh, he got in touch on the WhatsApp number, which is a UK number. So four four seven eight double nine triple five four five nine. Uh, he said, "Lads, can we nominate Sky for Villain of the Week?" I'm fairly certain that the twelve thirty kickoffs have had an adverse effect on our results. Is there something in that? We just said earlier that we once played Liverpool at eleven thirty and beat them four three. Practically a lie-in. Case dismissed, Your Honour. Maybe, maybe get them earlier. No, it's, it's the judge who would dismiss the case, wouldn't it? So it wouldn't be Your Honour. Sorry, <laughs> fuck that. Up. We know what you meant anyway. Yeah. yeah, it's annoying, isn't it? It's always a shit atmosphere at those games as well. It's always flat because people aren't pissed enough. People have had to get to the ground at like 10 o'clock in the morning, which is breakfast time. It's not acceptable. Jim, and that leads then to, because uh, the only songs you can actually hear are abuse of, uh, as Jim White has it, of Richard Keogh. And that led to then on uh, Monday morning, him banging on about the terrible people at Elland Road abusing uh, singing these disgusting songs about Richard Keogh. And it's like, well, nobody else had anything else to sing because it's fucking, it's, it's lunchtime. And has he never seen a picture of Richard Keogh? You've got to remember, though, that he does uh, live inside Mel Morris's anal cavity. So, <laughs> you know, he's going to sort of lean a bit towards... Uh, well, I phoned Mel, horrified. About what? The songs about Richard Keogh. <laughs> oh, all we were doing was recycling the... Um, Martin Keogh. Yeah, the, Ma- yeah. the Martin Keogh. And Yap Stam. Yeah. It's retro. It's nice. It's almost a tribute because those were actually quite good players. That's I mean, true, fucking not. And if you don't want that song singing about, you change your surname so it doesn't scan right in the song. Yeah. Or change your face. Yeah. So it doesn't apply. You're not going to sing that about, you know, Berardi, are you? No one's going to be singing what, how ugly he is because he's gorgeous. He is a lovely looking man. Uh, who else have we got for this then? Anyone? I don't know who it is exactly, but the whoever at the club is responsible for our internationals board. Does this thing live somewhere in the West Stand? I imagine it does. It looks mm. like a West Stand item. Um, but it's got a few sections to it. So it's got like English players, Scottish players, Irish, and then there's an overseas section. Because Liam Cooper was photographed in front of this this week with his, his Scotland cap, we were able to see some of the horrors on the overseas section. It's not a big list. There's maybe... I mean, is there, much, a, is there yeah. 100 words on this board, well, let's, maybe? Let's put it this way. It's the overseas board from 1992 onwards. So it's only covering a limited time span here. I counted on this, by the way, if you are uh, to include the lack of space between letters, which has annoyed me on a few of them. Like, so they've put initial, dot, space, surname. Some of them they've not put the space in. I've counted 10 errors in all on that board. 10. And some of them are like, Hasselbank is just spelled wrong. H-A-S-S-L-E. Mm. Incorrect. And it says it's from Holland, which it's nitpicking is not, but Holland is not actually a country, is it? Either? No, it's the Netherlands. Holland is spelled H-A-R-L-A-N-D. I mean, I mean that's bad. I mean, you can either do it. There's, in fairness, there are a couple of way different ways of you see Haaland spelt with the circle with the circle above it or mm. double A, but never, never that. Never with no. an R. Um, there's Eddie Lewis who simply comes from America. All not, of it. Not clear which one. The New World, <laughs> North, South, American, Samoa. One of the one of them, and the, the, probably the, the worst of them is. Do you remember that um, that little midfielder we had? I think he was touted as Gradle's replacement. Went on loan at Scunthorpe for a bit. Yep. From from Central America, yeah, the, the yeah. hot shot from Honduras. Yeah, no, 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 no. Honduras <laughs> is where he's from, and he's called Ramon Nuntz. You know what's happened there, don't you? Because if you look at your standard sort of keyboard, someone's done a typo, and whoever it is that's coming in to do these, there's somebody in the office who's pinging through an email or whatever, saying, "Can you come in and do another one?" Typed his name wrong, and the person's just copied it as per the order. 
But it happens every single time. Ramon Nunts. I mean, did they get him in to like, have his photograph taken in front of this as well, like Liam Cooper with his cap? Here you go, Ramon, we've we've added this. He's like, uh, that's, you've spelled it. What's that? Just have your photo taken. Yeah, that's okay. And what, Sorry. And what's no, Honduras? No, no comprende. Just stand there and have your picture taken. Probably cover up the bit that's got your name on it. And then the final error, which has obviously occurred in the last couple of seasons, is that Alioski is, um, has got Macedonia. I mean, it's quite, I mean, they've managed to spell Mick Averinen's name right, so I don't... They've got the hard bits right, yeah. that's the thing. I yeah. think maybe they're, um, they're they're searching for those, like they're checking Wikipedia and copying the spelling from the hard ones, but then when it comes to like Eddie Lewis, he's like, oh yeah, Eddie Lewis plays for America, doesn't he? Yeah, I can do that one. Your boy um, Bataka's on there anyway. It is a fine list Doc, of players. Dr. Congo. I mean, it does all go back to... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, but for, like, for other ones, they've put dots after the initials, but for, for the Democratic Republic of Congo, there it's Dr. Congo, who sounds like a lot like Dr. B, who sounds like a really good fun doctor to have at parties. It's funny, because it only goes back to 1992. Cantona was our first overseas, non-English-Irish foreign international. But yeah, some of the players who are actually have made... It, the way on this, I mean, Jake Burns lives on forever. Danny Milosevic, for Trezor Candle, uh, Gilfie Ineson is in there. Yeah, the Trezor Candle is on there. I'm, I'm glad Jordan Bataka is um, memorised uh, in this way. Heidi Sacco and Caleb Ekuban, the two most recent. Well, I mean, you'll be pleased though because Bataka's finally got the recognition that he deserves, Moscow. It is good that he. Uh, it's not the statue you were you were pitching for, but still, it's something. Feels like this has gone on long enough. Can we pick a winner? Derby? Just everything about them. Or do we need to give it to um, Rams as a breed? I'd say Derby is town, but then Lampard and Morris have obviously left and they're part of this weird club still. Maybe do we describe it as just the, the Derby weirdness? Because if Derby maybe as a club, as a town, as a society sorted themselves out, they might be okay. But at the moment, it just seems like everybody associated with them. Like they've got these weird tentacles into Chelsea and stuff. And and now like Wayne Rooney, I've not heard much about Wayne Rooney since this deal was signed, but I can only imagine he's in, is it Washington, is it? And just being as weird as fucking anybody <laughs> going into a coffee shop or something and yelling at them about Jody Morris, shitting on the floor, other stuff. Anyway, um, so the Derby weirdness then, yeah? Yeah, the yeah. Derby weirdness yeah, as opposed to... Okay. Derby. Well done, Derby Weirdness. And uh, honourable mention, if we could as well, for Huddersfield, who it looked like they were going to take points off West Brom to maybe, you know, help us along the way to becoming champions. But they hate Leeds so much, they decided to lose yet another game. So, uh, but bless them for trying. They are trying. I did see the second half of that, and I have no idea how they were ever in a lead. They were awful. Are Huddersfield relegated yet? And if not, how soon? I think we have a 16-point lead on them. Mm. anyway which will, which, will be, which will be hurting him. we can throw that away <laughs> this time yeah uh, so let's move on to the Andy Hughes Hero Award then someone who's made our lives better um, obviously we have a very large candidate in the form of Marcelo Bielsa and the entire League United squad for the FIFA Fair Play Award and all the poor people of the world mm-hmm. who live decently and honestly and respect the values of Leeds United feels like we've got a front runner there but uh, who else have we got I think FIFA as well just for being a, a good solid set of guys yeah. they've made sound moral judgments throughout the uh well, throughout the past, how many years have they been going? Ethics. So, certainly yeah. since the 70s when Blatter got in, I think they've been, they've been more or less... Um, Squeaky clean, haven't Paragon they? of virtue. Yeah. So, yeah. If, you want to, uh, if you want a reward for your fairness, sportsmanship and, and good ethics and morals, it's FIFA that you want to give it to you. Now, well done, FIFA. Good guys. Who else? The, uh, the coat of arms of the city of Leeds has been restored to uh, the banqueting suite. We can't put all of the old 
West End facade with its uh, its blue finish and its flagpoles and its balconies back on. But we have put uh, the coat of arms back on the side of the banqueting suite underneath the uh, the current. Well, it's not the current logo because it's still the it's the full color LUFC version of the shield. of the shield. They've not replaced it with the centenary one. But that's nice to see that back there. That's a, lo- a nice little mm. nod to uh, our history in its rightful place. I noticed on the pictures of that going up that you can still see the architectural wonder of Howard's restaurant as it used to be, which is the Ken's fake marble-clad mm. corner of the West Stand. It looked, it looked like a takeaway. It looks yeah. awful. I believe it's, you the, know, uh, the FIFA Awards are being held there next year. We get It's like Eurovision, we get to host it and it's going to be in there. Every, every fake marble tile has got the same pattern on it. And they've just put them all in the same, so that it looks obviously like a tile rather than anything like real marble. I think Ken might have got a cheap job, like a nineteen eighties bathroom. Yes, uh, so that's still there, which is nice. I think I like thinking maybe another, I don't think, maybe I don't... In, maybe in another hundred years, the people will look back on that. Guy, do you remember when there used to be that that beautiful restaurant in the bottom corner? I was just going to say, sorry, I don't think real marble cladding would have lasted five minutes in Beeston. <laughs> that's very true. No. Uh, I do like that some of the stuff that's on the coat of arms because there's some right fancy words on there that have been jotted down here on the sheet. It's, it's the, they like some flowery language, don't they, on the, the heraldry? Yeah, we have a um, a chief sable, three mullets argent. I don't know if that's uh, Bobby Davison, Ian Baird and uh, Glyn Snodden in the 1980s. There's a wreath of the colours, an owl proper, which I do know means that it's it should be shown... Uh, realistically mm-hmm. um, well, yeah, proper I got plumage some of the language because I, I had to dive into this because I didn't understand any of it uh, so a chief sable mm-hmm. a black bit the mullets they're stars for our European cut wins yep all of those and uh, argent is silver ducal because the the owl proper they're ducally gorged I mean I wouldn't want to be ducally gorged it sounds painful mm. but actually it just means uh, it's wearing a crown and a collar uh, a f- fancy owl mm-hmm. if you like so that's nice. And there's that tin bucket on it as well that uh, doesn't always appear, but yeah, there's technically a, a tin bucket you can have that you can wear as a helmet. So are we proposing the City of Arms Crest as a, a candidate for a hero? Yeah, I mean, anything that's got a hanging sheep, a couple of owls and a tin bucket on it, got to be uh, up there. Got bird on though, unlucky, aren't they? Don said. Yeah, he wasn't. The depictions of uh, birds, apparently I think it's the image of a bird rather than the bird itself that he uh, he feared. So we are toying with uh, with fate and as soon as we put it back up we draw with Derby so and the last and the previous 20 years have been so successful for us as well <laughs> without it <laughs> we should give an honourable mention again always we seem to be doing it every week this week uh, on this feature sorry with Alioski you know doing the goggles uh, thing on the, the camera as the players enter the stadium and um, he's wearing the, the ni- nice bracelet as well with his name on which was made for him unfortunately I, I'd, I'd rather he'd made this himself and sat, gone, gone to a little shop and ordered the craft stuff and threaded the beads on himself. He's like, because we saw last year he had a, a phone case, no, two phone cases with pictures of himself on. So yeah, I think maybe we should, people just send him more stuff with his name on and he'll wear all of it. Anything that just helps him get, find his way home again at, at the end of the day. So he's got the nice I'm little, all in favour of it. Nice, nice little bracelet rather than an I'm lost wristband <laughs> that they give to kids in shops. Oh dear me. Essentially one of those buzzers that can hang around his neck, you know, like old people have for if they fall. Get him one of those for, his, for, for if he gets lost and in a panic. He should be on toddler reins yeah. at all time. I don't know why they go into away stadiums with him, with him maybe, off the reins. Maybe with a cowbell around his neck, <laughs> just so we know where he is. Right, anybody else are we going to pick a winner? 
I think we just need to give it to ourselves right now, don't we? Yeah. Leeds United and everybody who sails in her for being the fairest football club in all the land. And yes, and every decent, honest person around the world that we won the award on their behalf. We'll dedicate it to the poor, because that's the kind of club we are. So that wraps up this episode of the Square Ball Podcast. Do check out uh, links to the merch, the subscriptions, the mugs, whatever you want to find, and the Extra Ball, our other podcast. It's all at thesquareball.net. Don't forget the razors. Yes. And of course, if you want to do as a solid, if you're buying razors, harrys.com forward slash the square ball. And hopefully they'll be back to sponsor us again next week. But Moscow, you have refused to use the products that they've sent you. I'm, so. pers- I'm, I'm really appreciating and enjoying ignoring their razors because I have a beard. But they look good. If I was going to shave, that's what I'd use. <laughs> but I'm not, so I won't. We will speak to you on the Extra Ball podcast this week and catch you on the match ball as well straight after the Charlton game. Fingers crossed we hear from you, Michael. I hope you're all right. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I'm used to this. <laughs> sort of. I was anyway. Nothing bad can befall a clean-shaven young man like you in the big city. <laughs> right, we'll speak to you in a bit. The Square Ball Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.